about it because, and especially in the workplace, because we spend so much time at work. Like a lot of times, especially if you're full-time, you're spending more time at work than you are at home with your family. So you have to be in an environment that is going to foster a healthy lifestyle for you because I'm very much the person that believes that, you know, your 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 job um, is not your life. You should be happy with going to work. You should do your best at your job. And just because I say that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy working. However, I don't I don't I do not live for the sake of saying, oh, you know, I want to be this amazing worker that works until they're 75 or 80. I want to be great at what I do from the time that I was hired to do it. And when I get off, I'm living my life. I'm traveling. I'm going to concerts. I'm doing the things that I enjoy um, and I'm preserving my health. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. My name is Joseph M. Smith, and this is another edition of Tech Niche Tips. I am so excited. My heart is full when I say that I am so happy for this next guest that we have. And I thank you, the listeners, who have been supporting this channel. This channel's growth in the past month, we going from zero to almost 500, could not have happened without your help. It really could not have happened. And so I want to encourage you that if you are liking this, the content that's coming out, if you find it helpful, please like, comment, and don't forget to subscribe. The last time I checked, about what 77.3% of viewers have not subscribed yet. Ouch, that hurts. But nonetheless, I know that number is going to change as we continue to grow. And I have a very special guest with us today. She is not only a person that has a lot of HR experience, but she has basically formed a community on LinkedIn that has been helping people to not only break into tech, but to really find themselves taking their mental health seriously and establishing careers in places that actually align with their beliefs and their goals. I am privileged to bring to the stage none other than Ilea. Ilea, how are you doing today? Hey, how you doing, Joseph? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm so glad to have you with us. I mean, we we were talking prior to this, and I was like, I I need to hit record because this is <laughs> so good, and I think it's something that you're gonna talk about things that it's gonna give language to things that we have been experiencing as a community and not realizing what it was, and I'm not gonna try to. I'm not going to try to go ahead of ourselves right now because this is going. This is going to be, you know, people have, and I'm talking to the audience here. You know that sometimes you go and you want to get something really quick. You go to a fast food restaurant. This is going to be a crock pot for you. Sit down, take notes, enjoy. In fact, use the comment section as your notepad right now because right now you're going to get some gems. And to remind everybody how we do these formats, we start from the. Boots, and we go to the brain. Boots is symbolic of the journey one takes to arrive in tech. Brain is symbolic of the mindset one has to be Alia, not where she only where she's at right now, but also the scale from there. So, with that being said, Alia, first things first. Let's start from the very beginning, because <laughs> the very beginning is a good place to start. Tell us a story a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, thank you for having me, number one. I appreciate that. Um, as Joseph said, my name is Alia Olds, um, and I have broken into tech. Um, so where my journey starts is I actually spent nine years in human resources and recruitment. Um, in the last four years, I functioned as an HR project manager. Um, but throughout that journey, 
the, the common thing that I noticed within my career is that I just enjoyed helping people, but there were so many individuals who just didn't know what I felt like should be basic knowledge about interviewing, um, resume writing, just how to network and how to ask for the things that they want and how to show up as the best version of themselves. So quite selfishly, like one of the reasons why I joined, why, why I wanted to be um, a recruiter or get into human resources was because I wanted to help more individuals that look like myself or look like Joseph um, get careers that are high paying careers. And I realized there was, you know, there was a lot of things that I could control, but there were other things that I couldn't. So I spent a lot of time um, honestly becoming a mentor to a lot of the individuals that I would um, source and recruit for who reached out to me for roles within any company that I had. And it it made me just realize that, you know, I I need to help these people a little bit more. They need a little bit more attention. Just applying for a job and interviewing them and things of that nature, like that's not helping them as much as getting them the the whereabouts or the knowabouts of how to navigate an interview, what questions they might need to ask, how to write their resume and things of that nature. So as I've shared, I spent nine years doing that. Um, and I actually graduated from Winston-Salem State University here in North Carolina, um, where I studied both English and human resource management. Um, now, the, the turn in my career and how I was able to break into tech now as a solutions architect is um, I just realized that I was working way harder <laughs> than I was getting out, I would say, recogni recognition for. Like I was overworking. Um, something that I, I also speak about on my platform is my neurodivergency. And what I mean by that is you can be neurodivergent and have any type of disorder, whether that be um, autism, whether that be ADD. Um, attention deficit so attention deficit disorder <laughs> or um, ADHD or anxiety depression what have you like all of those are different forms of neurodivergency neurodivergence is just a blanketed term but I specifically have anxiety um, and that really made things a little bit more difficult for me because though on one and I'm very you know, outgoing and extroverted, but on another end, my anxiety would limit me from, from being able to do or perform at the level that I wanted to perform at. Um, so I, I realized that, you know, that neurodivergency also made me want to, like made me overachieve. I always feel like I wasn't doing enough. And the industry that I come from or that I came from is one of those industries where it's like, okay, you did this now, like what else can you do? What else can you do next? What else can you do next? So I just got burnt out and I wanted to be in an environment. I wanted to be um, in an industry that understood um, life work balance as opposed to work life balance, gave me that freedom, understood the importance of mental health, um, having days off like paid time off or unlimited paid time off, all things that I heard that the tech industry would provide. Um, so back in um, August of 2022, I quit my job. Um, I was pretty much what I was well paid and I worked for a really um, popular healthcare company that's out here in North Carolina. So it wasn't one of those things. I also work from home. So those are things that I wasn't necessarily seeking as far as like more pay working from home, like a lot of people may experience. I was seeking a, a certain level of peace. So I left my job um, back in August of 2022. Um, I started to network here on LinkedIn. I started to look up different resources to find out how to break into to different um, um, careers in tech. I spoke to a friend of mine who was able to go from being a teacher to an account executive. He told me about tech sales. I found a podcast, was on YouTube University. Um, I upskilled with um, and learned a programming language on Code Academy. 
Um, and I was able to land a job as a sales engineer in five weeks of learning about pre-sales. Um, that was a position that I did not take for many reasons. It was just not um, the right team, the right environment, a, a whole lot of other uh, things. But then um, I realized it might take me a little bit longer to find the team that I want. So I enrolled in a um, sales engineering boot camp. And then from there, I was able to secure more interviews and I was able to secure more offers in both the pre-sales and the tech sales space. Um, long story short, five months later, I finally accepted a role at a company called Workiva. Um, and I'm a solutions architect, which is in the post-sales um, space where I do things very similar to a sales engineer where I demo software, um, but I also implement the software. So um, long story short, that was my journey. Um, and then I've also been able to build a community um, where I host live uh, ser a live series on LinkedIn called um, Breaking, I'm Breaking Into Tech, where I've brought on career pivoters, founders, recruiters from Salesforce, Microsoft, Nike, um, demo stack and the, and the long list of other companies where they've talked about how they've been able to transition, but not just how they've been able to transition. They've given actionable tips on how you can do the same. Um, so that's been an, a, a whirlwind of success. And now I also host a career prep workshop called the Tech Career Navigator, where I walk all of my students through the entire process from interviewing to optimizing their LinkedIn to networking to writing out their resume and um, we've had great success thus far. Had the first workshop in December. We've already had an individual hired as an account manager, and we've had other individuals that have gone on to receive several interviews and in are in the final stages as well. So that has been my journey, and I'm happy to be here, Joseph. Wow, wow, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about everything that you said that you have done, and it's truly remarkable. You know, it, it's amazing when the, you have so much self-awareness because I think that that's one of the challenges that we have in this world is we could we could lose sight of that self-awareness, understand that you had a good paying job in the medical field, but you needed peace. Like peace was your prize. And so I encourage you, if you're listening to this, maybe that's what you need. That's what you've been looking for. Maybe you're like, I don't know. I've been thinking about this thing, about that, but maybe you've been looking for peace and what we want to remind you here is that the peace that you may be looking for in regards to your working situation may be a change of scenery, right? So consider tech. Consider tech. That's what we want to encourage you with is consider tech because this could be an opportunity for you to be able to find that change that you've been looking for. So I'm going to go back to you. I want to ask you a question. Tell us about your childhood a little bit more. I'm very interested about growing up, how was it like for you? Uh, especially you talk about um, different things you experienced with uh, being neurodivergent. Is that how you pronounce it? Is that correct? correct? Yes. So can you talk a little bit about your childhood growing up and your experiences there? Yeah. So um, originally I'm from North New Jersey, but I grew up in Durham, North Carolina. Um, I don't live in Durham, North Carolina anymore, um, but that's where I spent majority of my childhood. Um, and I grew up with a single parent. Now, my mother was a nurse um, and she she worked in the medical field, of course. So, you know, full circle there. I was on the administrative side. She was on the clinical side. Um, but my mom, like I had a pretty good, great childhood. Like I have an older brother. He's um, he's about almost eight years older than me. Um, but we are very, very close. And um, I didn't really we didn't really want for anything. Like even though we only had one parent, um, 
you know, uh, and both of our parents, both of our uh, experiences with um, our fathers, like his father died from being in the military and then my father died. So there, that was one of those things. It wasn't a situation where, you know, we were just, just grew up in a single parent home because our, our fathers did not want us. It was just by chance. Um, but my mother, she was just very, like, she was just a grinder, go get her. Um, and I think that also impacted her and that and made me look at life a little bit different. So the reason why I say that is because I feel like you can learn, you can learn from people without going through the same things that they go through. So um, when I was graduating elementary school, uh, my mother um, suffered from a brain aneurysm where she became um, incapacitated, essentially. And she was uh, put into ICU. And I think she was in a coma for almost like two months. So this was happening. Like, I remember having my my fifth grade field trip, like the graduation field trip. And literally the next day she was going, uh, being rushed to ICU. Um, so that was like a, a crazy experience because that changed my childhood from there. Like it immediately went from like never wanting from nothing, having everything that you want to almost being homeless because, you know, your parent is pretty young but they're now in the position where they cannot work for themselves and you only have one parent. You have a, a sibling who is a, barely out of high school at this point. So um, that made me just be more entrepreneurial in a sense, try to find different ways to like, not to have to depend on the job because I seen my mom work so much. And once she was actually out of the hospital, which, you know, happy and then she's doing well now, she's alive and well, you probably wouldn't know that she had that if you, unless you've seen the scar on her head. Um, but learning like what caused that was just my mom was overworking she was stressed right so i've always associated with overworking like working too much and working for people at a very young age with like death unfortunately like in stress um so i i said to myself as a young child I was like i i'm going to try to find ways to where like i can not work work like I don't I don't have a desire to work till I'm like 75. Like that's that's not a, not a thing. That's never been a thing. I'm going to try to find ways where either I'm not working for anybody or if I am working for somebody, I'm working in, a, in an environment where I I still have my my life. I still have my peace. Um, even growing up, I remember a lot of the my sporting events, my dance recitals and whatnot. My mom would come to them. But most of my sporting events and my and my dance recitals, my brother was at more so my aunts and uncles were at because my mom worked so much. And I remember having that thought as well, like, oh, I want a job that, you know, where I can still be very active and be very present in my children's life. So um, yeah, so that was my that was my childhood. Um and when I was graduating from college, um, I actually had an uncle who also suffered from a brain aneurysm, but he passed away. Um, and I associated that with stress as well. Um, or anxiety, right? So obviously that runs in my family, a high level of anxieties, right? Um, and it, it, it can be heightened if you put in yourself in situations where you're not going to, your, your mental health is not going to be taken serious. And this is something I'm super passionate about, especially as a woman of color, a black woman, or just people of color. We do not, for decades now, honestly, we have not talked about the importance of mental health and mental clarity and just any of that in our community was very taboo. Um, but we need to talk about it because, and especially in the workplace, because we spend so much time at work. Like a lot of times, especially if you're full-time, you're spending more time at work than you are at home with your family. So you have to be in an environment that is going to foster a healthy lifestyle for you because I'm very much the person that believes that, you know, 
your 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 job um, is not your life. You should be happy with going to work. You should do your best at your job. And just because I say that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy working. However, I don't I don't I do not live for the sake of saying, oh, you know, I want to be this amazing worker that works until they're 75 or 80. I want to be great at what I do from the time that I was hired to do it. And when I get off, I'm living my life. I'm traveling. I'm going to concerts. I'm doing the things that I enjoy um, and I'm preserving my health. Um, because even so, I had a situation I was telling you off camera with my um, my ex-fiance, like he suffered from um, a work-related uh, uh, trauma during the whole situation with Ahmaud Aubrey and that whole trial. He was um, basically being harassed at, at his job by by gentlemen who looked a lot like the, the gentleman who hunted down Ahmaud Aubrey. Um, and because he was working for a smaller company, he did not feel safe with going to human resources, though um, his fiance worked in HR and was trying to coach him. Um, he suffered a mental breakdown. So I've had I've had at least two close instances with uh, with people in my in my direct circle of my family that have had work related traumas. And then even myself um, just being neurodivergent and a high achiever and things of that nature and being in an environment where, you know, your good is not good enough. Your best is not best enough. Um, and then also having all of those things to think about. I suffered um, from like mental breakdowns and things of that nature as well. So I would I happily left my my former career. I happily left that job. I didn't have anything lined up afterwards. I just had my savings and I had God at the end of the day. Um, and I'm just blessed to be where I am now. Um, I did. It wasn't a situation where like I was sharing with you offline where I was looking to work from home. I already did that. But the thing was sitting down at my at my desk made me physically ill at, in my own house and i realized like that was a thing where I, I said okay well if i can't find peace even at home and i'm working from home and i'm making this this salary that people literally are scraping over and dreaming over um you know i don't want it because i because your house is supposed to be your peace like you have to find peace somewhere um so that's that's how i got to where i am now as far as like leaving the industry as a whole um, you spoke about it very briefly about changing your environment. I always love the analogy of, you know, I think we've all seen it maybe at some point, the water bottle um, and the value of a water bottle. The value of a water bottle. I went to Vegas a couple of years ago and a bottle of water, a, a, a bottle of water smaller than this costs five dollars and a bottle of water in an environment um, like it might be a gas station to be the same bottle of water but um, it might cost 50 cent or within a grocery store or something like that. But sometimes it's just a matter of, it's not, it's not you necessarily changing so much about yourself. It's literally you getting up and changing your environment because that's what I feel like I have now within the, the space that I have working in tech. Um, we have mental health days where we have paid days. Um, we have, um, we have um, um, free healthcare at the company that I work for. We also have, Juneteenth as a paid holiday, all things that are very important to me and my my mental peace. And whenever I have something going on, it's not brushed under the rug or like, oh, you'll get over it. You know, it's something that's taken seriously because they know that in order to have us or the employees be the best version of themselves as far as the company goes or being an employee, they have to be able to be at peace and be the best version of themselves outside of work. So that is why I transition into tech. Um, and that's really what my platform is about. That's amazing. That that right there, man. And it's so funny because I think a lot of people are searching for the exact same thing, 
but they don't have language to describe it. When when I hear you talk and I hear you speak about how you you were looking for peace. You couldn't have you could not even have peace in your own home because of the type of job that you were ha- you were experiencing. Listener, I know that you are probably in the same boat. I know that you're probably dealing with similar things where you're like, man, my work environment is stressful. I I, I can't I can't see a way out. Hear what is being said here. Hear what is being said here because this is very important. And I I go back to a quote that I mentioned um, many times, and that's the the boat quote from Warren Buffett. And basically, it reads as this: says, "Should you find yourself in a chronically leaking boat, energy devoted to changing vessels is likely to be more productive than energy devoted to patching leaks." So you so whatever that situation is right now, whatever it may be, if you need to make a change. Make that change. Make that change. People, as 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 it was mentioned already in in, in Aaliyah's story, people have lost their lives because of stress. Mm-hmm. People have have suffered severe health issues because of a lack of peace. And so we minimize peace because in this world we don't value it. We value the go getter. We value the person that that basically kills themselves in order to 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 rise the corporate ladder. And and it can't be said enough that we have to prioritize peace. We have to prioritize our mental health well-being. And with that being said, you, I I find that you your 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 journey is one that you have a lot of self-awareness. Where does self-awareness come from? Because I know you talked about your mother, and obviously you're aware about a lot of things growing up. But when it came to yourself specifically, you where did you start to have realizations about yourself? And how did you find the help to cope with the things that you're dealing that you've been dealing with? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think so. Of course, like you said, I had certain things that happened as I was getting older. Um, but what really, what really was the the um, I don't want to say the nail in the coffin. That's not a good analogy, but <laughs> what really did it for me was just going to therapy. Right, just going to therapy. I go to therapy every week, and I. My therapist looks looks like me. She's a sister with locks and, you know, she might be all of 42, if even that. I don't know. But, you know, how brown people, we, we tend to age backwards. So <laughs> I don't know how old she is, but she's a blessing. Um, and she's a faith based um, therapist as well. So although we don't necessarily talk about, you know, God in every in every session, she knows that that's where a lot of my guidance comes from um, and a lot of my belief system. So I think that if First, before going into deeper, I think people need to go to therapy. That's number one. Just go to therapy. And it's not it's not so taboo. It's not so robotic. It's literally you having a conversation with somebody who's who's speaking to you from a from an unbiased um, standpoint. And it helps when you find people that look like you. So I found my therapist on therapy for black But I also refer my uh, my friends to therapy for black because it's going to give you a directory of therapists that are in your network that look like you and can talk to you about the things that you're going through, um, whether you want to go in person or virtually. So I think that really did it for me because had I not started going to therapy um, consistently for like the past two years, um, I I don't think that I would have been, I would have had the courage to, to move in the way that I did or I would have been as self-aware that, 
oh, this, this is not just happening to people around me. This is happening to me as well. Um, because when you're in situations, a lot of times you cannot, you can't see what you're going through. Um, but sometimes it, it helps to have some a professional to really sit down and, and, and guide you through those things and also help you um, navigate through some of those stressors that you may be experiencing and, and just have a, a, a very decent quality of life. Because um, we go through a lot of stuff that we don't feel like we can talk to anybody about. Men go through their own things. A lot of men in general, because you all are not necessarily taught to express yourselves. It might not be masculine, it might not be manly. And then you have the thing about, you know, black people being strong. And then we have the stereotype about strong, independent black women, which I do not subscribe to. <laughs> like, you know, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do all of those things. And those are normal human things that we, we have just been, we've been, we've been almost characterized as inhumane. Like we don't have feelings. Um, so that has been, that has been a blessing in my life is just going to therapy primarily. Yeah, I think that therapy is honestly something that we we need as a community. We need to embrace more. I mean, we've gotten we've gotten a lot better. Don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but as a community, I think that that's something that we still need to come to more with more closure. With it's not a sign of weakness; it's actually a sign of strength. It's saying, "I need help with this. Somebody, please help me." My wife actually is studying to be a counselor. She's doing her master's in it. My master's in mental mental health counseling because. I, I told her, I said, you have a gift. People just open up to you. Strangers open up to you. <laughs> it's a unique thing. And then you have a great level of empathy that you could relate to people. And so there is a stigma that as a community, we need to we need to get over that stigma because it's holding us back, really, from the healing. And I wanted to actually point that out right now. If you are, if this conversation right now, listener, if this conversation to you, those that are watching on YouTube, if, if this conversation to you is speaking to you on a deep level, just put it in the comments below. Just, just put it in the comments below. Say exactly what it is that you're feeling right now. If you feel comfortable, just say like, man, like this is speaking to me in this way or this is speaking to me in that way. And, 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 and let's let's have like a healing moment together as a community, because right now I believe this conversation, Aaliyah, this is bringing healing to some people. They, this is bringing some self-awareness self to some people. Because they, they probably haven't taken the time to pause, sit with themselves, look at the reflection in the water, and see what is going on in their mind and heart. And so, you know, I know I, I love to talk about tech, and that we are talking about <laughs> tech, but this is a moment that I think we need to have like a, a pause. So if you feel like you need to pause, I would encourage you to do a, an activity that really is helpful. And that's basically just sitting for two minutes in silence. Your eyes are closed. Your thoughts might go crazy for a little bit, but just put a timer on your phone. You can pause this. Just sit in silence for two minutes and watch and see what things you start to see about yourself being revealed in that moment. So go ahead and pause, but we're going to keep the conversation rolling here. Uh, I wanted to talk about now you decided to pick a specific degree or I should say a specific field, which is the sales engineering part. Now, most people know about the pre portion of sales engineering. That's the part that people really know about. But solutions architect, the, in, the integration portion of it, people are, may not be aware of that. Can you talk about why you chose to go into that side of sales and also what have you learned while being in that in this particular field? 
Absolutely. So first, thank you for giving everybody the opportunity to pause and reflect. I think that's going to be extremely helpful for, for people just to have that that awareness um, of self and um, beautiful thing. But to answer your question, so most people know about tech sales, right, where you, you are situated as um, a sales development representative. And then there's also account executives in tech sales. Pre-sales are going to be your sales engineers. Then we have post-sales, which is where I am um, as a solutions architect, and that might be um, accompanied by a um, onboarding project manager, so OPM, a product manager, um, and a customer success manager. And what we do is after the sales development representative has scheduled the appointment for the demo, the, tech, uh, the sales engineer and account executive have um, given the actual product demo and closed the deal. The client says, okay, we want to buy your product. Now it's up to the solutions architect um, and their team to um, actually help that client um, implement their data into your company's software. So that is what I do. So it is a combination of you have to have very great soft skills, just as you would in all um, sales-related roles, because we are um, client-facing to an extent. Um, we are demonstrating. We are on videos and doing demos. But we're not dem demoing a um, an idea of how how their how their um, platform will work or how their software will work on our platform. We're actually taking their true data, and we're moving it from whatever system that they have, or even as simple as an as a spreadsheet from from Excel or what have you, and we are implementing it into um, integrating it into our software, and then we're teaching them exactly how to use our software with their true data. Um, so it takes a little bit more of a um, technical um, acumen. You may or may not need to know a programming language. It just depends on the company you work for, but it's it's not as deep as, it's, it's not as technically deep as um, a lot of people think it is. It's not as deep as you need to be a coder or a developer or anything of that nature. You just have to have a foundational understanding of it. Again, it depends on what company you work for. But a lot of solutions architects, um, um, there is a certification that exists out there. There's the AWS Solutions Architect certification. I do not have that, and uh, many of my colleagues do not have certifications, um, and many people that are solutions architects don't have certifications. So I wanted to say, start there first because a lot of people um, ask me, like, Aaliyah, do I have to have a certification? Um, it's always going to depend on the company, but my stance is you do not have to have a certification until you need a certification. And I know that sounds funny, but what that means is it, it does not make sense to get a certification in this platform and you might get um, and you might get hired by a company that uses this type of platform. So it wasn't until I got hired with my company that I realized that, OK, they actually use AWS or they actually use Salesforce. Granted, I do have experience with Salesforce and AWS, so that was an advantage, but I did not need a certification. But I do know a programming language, which is SQL, which is a very basic very, very basic um, programming language. It is, you know, get from, like, it's literally like a little sentence and you just plug it in. Um, you can learn that on Codecademy or whatever. You can learn it on YouTube, LinkedIn. It does not matter. There are a lot of different platforms where you can learn for free. Um, and that's how I upskilled there. Um, but yeah, so you don't need a certification. Um, and at, at best, you will have developers that already exist within the company that are going to write certain scripts for you. So that way you're just plugging and playing. Um, but yeah, that is what a solutions architect does in a very high level. It's, it's similar to a sales engineer, but we're on the back end because the client has already purchased it 
and we are now training them on every aspect of how to we're, we're actually doing the work and um, implementing their their data into our software so we have to do a build is what we call it and we build them a program um, using our our platform then from there we get on calls multiple calls with them several calls over a series of weeks and we teach them different um, areas of that platform and then at the very end we call that enablement and enablement literally means to hand off or give give the um, client you know ownership to kind of take the steering wheel i mean the uh, training wheels off so we're the training wheels we take them off and we hand them off and they are still accompanied by the customer success manager who is making sure that the entire time that the client is um within our platform they're still happy if they want to buy anything else the customer success manager can set up the meeting for them to go circle right back around to the account executive and say oh you want to buy this again and then the cycle continues so that's what post sales is um, and that's what solution architecture is in the post sales environment now there is a pre-sales solutions architect but um i would not get into that because that's not what i do but primarily you're going to see solutions architects in post sales nice nice i'm going to ask another question because a lot of people ask this question what is a day in the life of a solutions architecture for yourself yeah so um day in the life for me so one i'm still in training but i am on projects so what it what it looks like is we have a um we have our schedules uh, or our calendar um it, it can be a lot of meetings so you might have team meetings um where you're learning about a, a new implementation that you may have to do or a new upgrade that's coming from the product team and you take notes and whatnot you may have different trainings um that the team or the company does as a whole or the solutions architect team does as a whole then you um as a individual contributor yourself you're going to be assigned different projects or different implementations i call them projects and that's usually what they're called where you have a project manager that is in charge of the project then you have a customer success manager and then you might have a partner success manager and all of them are are basically the liaisons between you and the client um, and then you come on after you, after you receive all of the um, information from the project manager, you come on to the call, you'll meet your client, you'll go over your entire, um, um, you go over your entire plan for uh, like your schedule for however many weeks the project is going to last and show them each phase of the project. Like this is where we're at now, this is where we're going to be, blah, blah, blah. Um, that might be the first meeting and then you'll do that over and over until you complete the project so that's just one client um you can have a portfolio of several different projects that you're on and several implementations that you're on so your day literally could go from you know 8 a.m to 5 p.m um and you might have meetings all the, at all times depending on how many projects you're on or you could literally have one day where you don't have any meetings at all and you're just you know chilling and um, practicing some of your demos or going through some um, training material. So it can it can vary from day to day, but um, that's essentially how it goes. Nice, nice. I like that. You could be chilling, <laughs> just listening to demos. We listen to the demos on Gong and things of that nature. So yeah, depending on whatever software you use for that and part that's part of your tech stack, that's, that's pretty cool. So I want to ask you, we'll go to the brain. There's something I want to do after this, but I want to go to the brain right now and talk about the mindset. What is the mindset that someone needs to have to be where you are to scale from here? Yeah, so you have to be determined. Um, you have to have that determination. And especially coming from a, a career where it is not technic 
technical and um, or traditionally technical. Um, as you can imagine, even with my interview process, I had to I had to uh, fight for or through that question like, oh, well, you don't have a lot of technical experience. Like, how do you da, da, da. like I had to go through that. So you have to have um, a good answer for that and show exactly how you are technical by having a portfolio. Um, that shows your technical experience and you can get a portfolio by just learning a, a cloud-based software like I say Salesforce, AWS, HubSpot, whatever that may be. Like they all have this little free platform where you can play around. That's essentially you building a portfolio. Um, and there's other things where you can build a portfolio like a GitHub. Um, so you just have to find ways to be resilient and then also find ways to show your technical aptitude and just have a yes, yes, I will, yes, I can attitude. Like if somebody says, you know, oh, well, you don't have enough technical experience, they might believe that, but always have have a way to kind of counter that. Um, and if, if you can't get through that, go to the next one, go to the next one. So I would say you need to start there first. Um, but then it goes back to you just understanding what your true values are. Like what what is your why? I go back to that all the time. What is your why? Like that's what drives me every single day is understanding my why and understanding even when I feel like I'm challenged, I'm too challenged at some point where I'm a little nervous or I might have imposter syndrome. Um, I go back to my why and I go back to why I was hired. And it reminds me of that I, I need to be here because I, you know, I pray for this um, and I do have the skill set. So don't second guess yourself. And if you do second guess yourself, Take a time, take a moment to self-reflect, find a mentor, find a therapist, find somebody who can speak life into you and make sure that you also speak life into yourself. And then I, I believe that you'll be able to, to be successful with that mindset as long as you also implement some of those hard skills as well. This is well said, well said. And I'm so glad that we were able to have this conversation. And I also want to add one thing to that. Um, you can you can have both in tech. That's the thing. You can have peace yep. and you can still have the money. Um, so I had I had the money. I had to work from home, whatever, all those things. But I did not have peace. But I have all of those things and more now that I'm in the tech industry. So I want to I want to encourage you all to understand that you still can have those things so long as you make it uh, make it your intention to seek that from whatever company you decide to join. Absolutely. Absolutely. So glad you said that. So glad you said it. Bar bar brought it right around full circle. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, um, as far as anything that I'm offering, so people can reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can search Aaliyah Olds. Um, you can also search I'm Breaking Into Tech. That is a, a community that I have where I feature um, live individuals, um, individuals live from different tech companies that talk about their experiences and how they've been able to transition. As far as resources that I have for job seekers. Um, I have um, digital resources that people can purchase. It's very inexpensive. Most cost under $10. Um, and they include resume um, templates, same resume that I use. Um, a lot of my students have used to land interviews and also um, thank you email templates that I have used and a lot of my students have used to, that has always guaranteed them at least the second interview. Um, that is available on my page. If you just click, click the link that says available resources, you'll see a list of different resources there, as well as different replays from free workshops and live series that I've had. Um, I also host a um, career prep workshop called Tech Career Navigator. You can also find the link for that in my bio by clicking that, and you can add yourself to 
the waiting list. It is a very intimate setting um, where I walk all of my students through the entire cycle of um, interview prep, resume building, LinkedIn optimization, mock interviews, and networking as well. So we've had um, a gentleman, as I've shared before, that has already gotten hired, and we just had the workshop um, right before New Year's. And we have other students as well who have been able to make it into the final rounds of interviews, and they're still um, interviewing right now. So a lot of success there, very affordable um, as well. Um, the goal is to give everyone an opportunity. Um, we have tech boot camps, and I don't teach you how to do be a sales engineer or a sales development representative or solutions architect. I teach you how to market yourself because that is that's the first sale that you need to be able to make. You need to be able to market yourself. And from there, a lot of my um, students have went on to build brands for themselves like myself and like Joseph, um, which is also another stream of income that you can have um, by being a coach, by being a content creator. You are the, the first sale that you need to make. So that's what my workshop and platform helps you um, achieve. This is great. This is great. So to reach out to her, she's a, a tremendous resource. And we're so glad that we have you with us. This was really helpful and therapeutic for a lot of people. I think there's going to be healing that comes from this episode in ways that that we will find out from the comment section below. So if this has been in any way healing, helpful, whatever it is, write it down in the comment section. Like, of course, comment, and of course, subscribe. I definitely want to see you here. And like always, like I always say, thank you. And I hope to see you on the other side. Take care, family. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> so we can run this race